Pastor Xavier Reese says, confront and correct false doctrine on today's Simple Truths. You see, the responsibility of you and I, of every Christian, is in 1 Peter 3, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. So you give a defense, you correct their error, and then when they slander you and gossip about you, your life should be of such character that your life will disprove their life. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. 1 John 4.1 warns not to believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. And when the prophet Jeremiah was confronted by Hananiah with nothing but contradictions of the prophecies before him, putting him to the test did in fact reveal the simple truths and the false prophet. Let's listen as Pastor Xavier illustrates how giving every man an answer for the things of God is a commandment all faithful witnesses need to be prepared with in a study titled, A Faithful Witness. Let's listen. The opposition of Jeremiah by Hananiah here regarding the message, the signed message of the wooden yokes. Kind of an intense setting, as we'll see. And it unfolds for us in these three movements. First of all, the prophet Hananiah prophesied contrary to Jeremiah in verses 1 through 4. Now, Hananiah is a false prophet, one of many. Now, this is the focus here. And his name means the Lord has been gracious. What a contradiction of his name. (laughs) Now, he spoke to Jeremiah, notice, in the house of the Lord, in the presence of the priests and all the people. This is his domain. He's got the upper hand, supposedly, over Jeremiah. Notice still in verse 2 that Hananiah said that Yahweh had broken the yoke of the king of Babylon. Now, it's interesting when we correlate this date with the chronicles of Babylon. They indicate that Nebuchadnezzar at this particular time was putting down a revolt in Babylon. So it's very possible that because, you know, when you get to chapter uh, 29, that's a letter that Jeremiah writes to the captives. And in that we get a letter that was written back to the false prophets to shut Jeremiah's mouth because he was discouraging the people over there. So there was correspondence back and forth. And most likely, some of the people in the captivity who were following the false prophets there wrote back and told Hananiah of this revolt. And he got encouraged and he says, man, they're coming back. And so he took full advantage of this information to proclaim this false prophecy. It would make him an optimistic prophet who likes a doom and gloom. One way you know false prophets are they're always giving you the positive. Always health and wealth. God loves you. And they never touch obedience. They never touch the warnings. They never touch the consequences. Yet Jeremiah had been told by Yahweh to send messages to those five kings through their ambassadors. And to convince Zedekiah not to confederate with them. As well as the priests and the people. He had already delivered this message. Notice in verse 3, Hananiah said Yahweh would bring back the vessels of the Lord's house also. That Nebuchadnezzar had taken to Babylon. And then he has the boldness to say, two years. Two years. 
he's getting cockier. The false prophets never change, do they? They always deceive the people. They always oppose God's word. That's why you and I need to know God's word. And so the prophet Hananiah prophesied contrary to Jeremiah. And we see this in our day to day. And God has placed you and me in this day, in this age, to be a faithful witness like Jeremiah. When it comes our way. And it will be in public arenas today. Many, many times. Notice secondly, verse 5 through 9, the prophet Jeremiah proposed to test the prophecy of Hananiah. This is good. In verse 5, Jeremiah the prophet did not back off, but boldly confronted the false prophet before all in the house of the Lord. The priests and the people were standing, listening attentively. They must have blown their mind. All eyes focused on Jeremiah. You see, the house of the Lord was a place where truth was to be spoken. Jeremiah could do nothing else. What could he do? He couldn't deny it. He had to stand fast. As Luther stood before the Roman council and they wanted him to recant. He says, here I stand. I can do no other. My conscience is held captive to scripture. That's good. Notice in verse 6, the prophet Jeremiah went along with the false prophecy. At first, Hananiah proclaims it. Jeremiah says, Amen. So be it. Which must have shocked the priest and the people. Must have blown their minds. Because Jeremiah was their enemy. Jeremiah was constantly opposing the false prophets. And all of a sudden he says, Amen. And then Jeremiah says, The Lord do so. The Lord perform your words which you have prophesied to bring back the vessel of the Lord's house. In verse 6 there. And all who were carried away captive from the Babylon to this place. Now, some believe that Jeremiah was saying this sarcastically. Hey Amen. Go ahead and do it. Like we see it in Scripture sometimes. Others say that it's not sarcasm. But that in fact, he's just being open. Maybe God has revealed something. And you're going to find different opinions. But as we look to the internal evidence, whatever the case may be, Jeremiah would have loved nothing better than to see the captivity come back. He loved the people. He stuck around for over 40 years. He would have loved to see. He loved the people. He loved the city. He didn't want to see them be destroyed. In fact, he kept pleading and God says, don't pray for them no more, remember? But Jeremiah knew better. God had already told him what was going to happen. This is a direct contradiction to what God had revealed to him. I personally believe that Jeremiah challenged Hananiah here to prove his prophecy because he knew that. So I think that there might have been some sarcasm behind it. Because Jeremiah is the prophet of God. Now, Notice, secondly, when you come to verse 7 through 9, the prophet Jeremiah declared the standard for judging a true and false prophet. This is where he challenges Hananiah. Verse 7, the prophet Jeremiah called for their attentive ear to hear what he was going to say. He addresses the priests and all the people. The encouragement is that they have to make a decision. Every person who sits in a church 
will have to give an account for their own embracing of truth or error. They're not going to be able to blame anybody. For you have the word of God, you have the Holy Spirit, you have the mind of Christ. And you have the responsibility to examine the scriptures like a good Berean in Acts 17.11. To find out if those things are so. Today, Christians want to be spoon-fed. And somehow we think that we can get by with as little as we can. If we would approach our profession, our jobs, the way we approach our Christianity, we'd be broke (laughs) spiritually, which gives us a good intention where we're at. Jeremiah tells Hananiah and all the priests present, Nevertheless, hear now this word that I speak in your hearing. And Jeremiah also addresses all the people. They're included. They have to make a decision. You're going to choose. Okay, who's right? Who's wrong? Who are you going to believe? And in verse 8, the prophet Jeremiah calls attention to their history of prophets. Those who had prophesied judgment to many countries and kingdoms by war, disaster, and pestilence. Which really, he was identifying himself. Because that's what he's prophesied, right? Now, in their mind, right away, it probably came Isaiah, a couple of, uh, about a hundred years past. Isaiah pro- uh, prophesied about the destruction of Assyria. It happened. It was a prophet of God. Uh, I'm sure they had Amos in mind, the northern kingdom, that the northern kingdom was going to go into captivity in 722, went into captivity. Obadiah prophesied about the destruction of Nineveh. God had spared him through Noah. hundred years later, Nineveh destroyed. And many, many other prophets They knew. And this was a standard. You had to be 100% accurate or you were stoned. You were found to be a false prophet. No 99.9, 100%. If you were a prophet of God. Now notice in verse 9, the prophet Jeremiah then declared the test of a prophet. Here it is. As for the prophet who prophesies of peace. Now he identifies Hananiah. He's a prophet of peace. (laughs) Hananiah was prophesying peace and safety. The message for the last day is peace and safety. He says, sudden destruction should come upon them. He then said, when the word of the prophet comes to pass, the prophet will be known as one whom the Lord, here it is, has truly sent. When that word comes to pass, you know God has sent him. Only the one whose words come to pass are acknowledged to be sent from Yahweh. This was the test. Uh, He's quoting, really making reference to Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 20 through 22, where it says, But the prophet who presumes to speak a word in my name, which I have not commanded him to speak, or who speaks in the name of another God, that prophet shall die. And if you say in your heart, how shall we know the word which the Lord has not spoken? So people say, well, oh, my name is Bob. Here it is. When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the thing does not happen to come to pass, that is the thing which the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. You shall not be afraid of him. So here's the key, guys. You need to know the word of God. There's the protection. The way you can keep yourself, well, one of the ways you can keep yourself from getting traffic tickets is by knowing the vehicle code. A cop pulls you over and you say, wow, you know, I never read that in the manual. He says, you got a license? You're responsible. Are you a Christian? 
You're responsible for the whole Bible. You can't claim ignorance. You got a Bible. Would you swing on a rope across a treacherous canyon unless you first tested it with your equal weight or more? Of course not. Who would do that? Should we do any less regarding the things of God and eternal things? Should we just open our mouth and our mind and just accept everything just because someone says, Thus saith the Lord, because someone says that they're a minister? God help us. We can discern what is true of God and what is there about God because we have the Word of God. We can sift things. We can look at things. We can say, you know, that's right on. That's exactly what the Word of God says. No, that's opposed to the Word of God. That contradicts the Word of God. You see, the responsibility of you and I, of every Christian, is in 1 Peter 3, 15 and 16. And that is to make a defense for against error. Listen. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Having a good conscience that when they defame you as an evildoer, those who revile your good conduct in Christ may be ashamed. So you give a defense, you correct their error, and then when they slam you and slander you and gossip about you, your life should be of such character that your life will disprove their life. The prophet Jeremiah proposed to test the prophecy of Hananiah. That's a good principle for us. Test it, man. You don't just swallow it hook, line, and sinker. You check it through the word of God. Now notice lastly here, the prophet Hananiah in verse 10 through 17 acted out his own prophetic sign like Jeremiah. The prophet Hananiah became infuriated. The outraged false prophet took the yoke off of Jeremiah's neck and broke him. Symbolic of reinforcing what he was going to proclaim about the breaking of the captivity. Knowing that he was a false prophet, he could do nothing else. He was frustrated. You see people that are liars or they get busted. You know, when you confront them, they, <laughs> you know, and they have to be dramatic. Knowing that his words would not come to pass, he had to do something like that. He's busted. He's up against a corner. That's how a lot of men handle their relationship with their wives. When their wives bust them and they don't have the truth, so what do they do? Well, you know, that's the natural man. Whoever yells the loudest, whoever can hit the wall the hardest. He spoke before all the people, verse 11, and he prefaced his message again with divine authority. Thus saith the Lord. He's walking on shaky ground. He's presumptuously speaking on behalf of God when God has not spoken through him. He spoke in the person of Yahweh. And he said, even so, I will break the yoke of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, from the neck of all nations within the space of two full years. Second time he said, once you say a lie, if you don't, and when we make a mistake, we're not intending to lie. We say, oh, I'm sorry, it's this. Sometimes I'll say something, I'll say, I'll say a name, and I say, oh, I, I mean the other guy. You know, I'll catch it. Now, I can say it and miss it, and then someone calls to my attention, and I'll say, oh, yeah, you know, I was wrong. It was this. But once I say something, if it's an intended lie, then I have to remember that lie when people come from me later. And the thing with lies, as I said earlier, you don't stop. It, 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 they grow. 
And you know what? You speak long enough, people take notes on you. And they're going to find inconsistencies. He associated the breaking of the wooden yoke from Jeremiah's neck with the fact that the nations were not going to be subjugated to Nebuchadnezzar. Very dramatic. He's an imitator. He gave the particular time once again. Two years. Now he's really stepping out. The prophet Jeremiah, listen, just went away. Why did he just walk away? Listen, there was nothing else to say. Have you had a confrontation with an individual or maybe your kids as they grow older? And you try to get it through them, you try to explain, and, and, and they don't see it? And it's over and over again? There comes a point you say, you know what? I'm out of here. Why? Because you're not getting anywhere. There's no reason to stick around anymore. It was done. Time would prove the validity of Jeremiah and the lack of validity of Hananiah's prophecy. Time. Notice secondly, from verse 12 to 17, the prophet Jeremiah declared God's judgment to Hananiah. Verse 12, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah after Hananiah had broken the yoke off of his neck in the temple. The time last, we don't know whether it was one day, two days a week, we don't know. But the time certainly was used of God to deal with the hearts of Hananiah and the people who were listening. God always gives times to people to make judgments and make decisions. And in verse 13, Jeremiah was to tell Hananiah that though he had broken the yokes of wood from his neck, that he would only and had only made now these yokes iron. In other words, the symbolic breaking of them did not negate or, or, or make void the prophecy of God. It was still going to happen. He wasn't going to change God's prophecy. Then in verse 14, Jeremiah affirmed that this by reiterating the original prophecy. That the nations would, uh, in fact, serve Nebuchadnezzar, both man and beast. So he reaffirms it. And then he finishes off with the prophet himself. He's done with the people. He turns to the prophet. Verse 15 through 17. Jeremiah then pronounces the personal judgment to Hananiah. The accusation is first in verse 15 given. Yahweh had not sent Hananiah. And he made the people to trust in what? Lies. Awesome responsibility. God had not sent them. He's causing the people to trust in lies. Secondly, in verse 16, the sentence came next. Yahweh would cast him from the face of the earth. He would die the same year because he had taught, here it is, rebellion against the Lord. To lie to people on God's behalf is one thing that's bad enough. But as you continue to stand behind that lie and propagate it, now you're teaching those people to be like you, be rebellious against God. James says, let there not be many teachers, to them will be the greater judgment. Because you're duplicating yourself. Notice in verse 17, the fulfillment is last. Hananiah died two months later. How do we know that? The first verse gives us the fifth month. This is the seventh month. He says, in two years, everything's coming back. God says, two months, you're dead. That's good. <laughs> the people would not stop listening to the false prophet. So God silenced the false prophet. Sometimes God does that. Other times God lets the prophet run. God is sovereign. If you find that when you confront someone who is a false prophet or deceiver with his there, 
you will find that they lose their cool real fast when you confront them. Or they become very sarcastic. Even as the Pharisees were sarcastic toward Jesus when he busted them in John 8.41. They said, we're not be born of fornication. Whoa. Can you imagine speaking to God like that? <laughs> they do not think that you are anyone to confront them, first of all. They think they have a special place with God. And they think they have a, a special calling that allows them to go beyond the scriptures, even to contradict the scriptures. Because they are prophets. Well, that's fine, but the Bible doesn't say that. Once you have done all to confront an individual, to respond, to share the gospel with them, you must allow the Lord to deal with the individual because once you've confronted an individual, God's Holy Spirit has to convict them. You cannot convict them. John sixteen eight says uh, the Holy Spirit would come to convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. So the Holy Spirit convicts. We are the messengers, but the Holy Spirit convicts. Now, once you have confronted an individual many times, and you see that they get very hostile or blasphemous, then what you need to do is realize, if this is the point now where I'm casting my pearls before the swine and before dogs. Matthew 7, 6 says, I may have to back off. If they get to that point, then I don't cast the gospel before them anymore because they are unworthy of it, the Bible says. So I'm praying all the while to the Lord that the Lord may direct and guide me. I need to be sensitive. I need to be praying. But I need to make that decision sometimes. The judgment of false teachers or false prophets for their heresies are spoken about with certainty, Jude 1.15. They will be judged. In fact, Jeremiah gave us already in chapter 23, you've had it before, verse 25 and 29, where um, the word is wheat and, and everything else is shaft. The word is what feeds you. Jesus said, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep clothing, but inwardly they're ravenous wolves, Matthew seven fifteen. Paul the Apostle warned the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians 11, 13 through 15. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to their works. Then how do you know? You need to know the word of God. Peter, before the Lord was going to take him home, in 2 Peter 2, 1 said this. But there were also false prophets among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them, and bring on themselves swift destruction. Second Peter 2.1 Pretty heavy. The prophet Hananiah acted out his own prophetic sign like Jeremiah. Drama. But it didn't change the word of God. And so... Here's the opposition of Jeremiah by Hananiah regarding the sign message of the wooden yokes. A threefold movement that lays it out for you and I to apply. This is applicable for today. The prophet Hananiah prophesied contrary to Jeremiah. The prophet Jeremiah proposed to test the prophecy of Hananiah. And the prophet Hananiah acted out his own sign message. His prophecy like Jeremiah. But Jeremiah was a faithful witness, wasn't he? And so you and I are to be. And many times today, it will be in a public arena. What are you going to do with it? You can't skirt it. You're a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. So may God give us the wisdom and the boldness in His Word and His Holy Spirit. 
Pastor Xavier Reese, using the example of Jeremiah's confrontation with the false prophet Hananiah to illustrate once again the reliability of the simple truths of the God of the Bible. And just before we close, let me mention that copies of today's Simple Truth study titled A Faithful Witness are available on CD for only $4. And by the way, this will also include everything Pastor Xavier shared the last time we were together as well. Once again, the title to ask for is simply A Faithful Witness. Or just mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And then be back for more Simple Truths right here next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California www.calvarychapelpasadena.com